0: Time for Life Unfiltered, the show that celebrates the messy, perfectly imperfect parts of life. Your hosts are Deborah Gansenberg and Lisa Sugarman. Deborah is the mom of three boys and a clinical psychotherapist. And Lisa is the mom of two girls, an author, and a syndicated columnist. And together, they authored the book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay with It.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode 80 of Life Unfiltered. I'm Deborah Gansenberg, and I'm back for another conversation with my friend, co author, and co host, Lisa Sugarman. This week, Lisa, we're talking about expectations and how to have them without letting them overtake us when people or situations don't meet our expectations. And the reason we're talking about this today is because you, my friend, found a quote that really resonated with you and thought it would be helpful to explore together on the show. So I'm really excited about this. Um, it's actually something you and I've talked about many times in the context of many different situations. So why don't we start off the show by you sharing the quote, and then we'll just dive in right into the conversation. How does yeah, that yeah, yeah. Of course, um, totally. So.
2: I'm excited about this too um, and you and I were kind of a little giddy over it when when I shared it with you, which was was kind of fun because it's nice when we both can get like super excited about a topic. So I rediscovered an old favorite quote recently because I was searching for something. I'm just giving you a little teeny bit of backstory. I was searching for something to post on the Facebook group that I manage called The Vomit Booth and you're, you're obviously been a member since the yeah. beginning. Um, I think we may have talked about that platform that I run maybe once or twice in passing on the show, but it's a group that I started several years ago as a companion to all the content that I write about, about family and kids and marriage and all that. So every day I like to share a thought or a post or a meme or I ask a question just to help stimulate conversation. And because it's a really active group, we've got like almost 2000 members. And so the other day I found this quote. And I posted it in the booth and I got a surprising amount of feedback, especially people saying, wow, I really, really needed to hear that today. So, and so many people were grateful for the reminder that it seemed like a perfect topic for a conversation for us to have here. So that's, that's the backstory. So here- Well, it's
1: always, always good to know the Boothers are, you know, out there listening and giving us various ideas as to what is hot out there to wanna to talk about. So this that's, is good. Yeah, that's
2: right, that's right, and I, and I love that. Um, and I know that there's a lot of crossover, a lot of people in the booth are listening to the show, which I love and you love too. So here, here's the quote that is driving today's topic. Stop expecting you from other people. It's a waste of energy. Now I want I'm taking a pause on purpose because I want that to sink in and I want to say it one more time. Stop expecting you from other people because it's a waste of energy. Now, I know that you you agree. I know how you feel about this. It's such a powerful statement and it does really I think have the potential to help all of us reframe the internal expectations that we have for ourselves and other people. So why don't you start, I feel like you should start by talking about what happens to us on the inside when we don't get the reaction or the support or the love, for instance, that we expect from other people the way that we either want to receive it or that we know we've given it before.
1: Okay. That, that is such a loaded thing. And I could talk for days about this because it's pretty much an umbrella to a lot of what I speak about in my office. Um, And so I'm going to get kind of specific initially to help people understand really what happens in in a simple form Mm -hmm. Um, because it's quite simple. Essentially people have what we call love languages um, there's a great book called The Six Love Language, or I think it's Five Love Languages. Right, right, and, these, right. and these love languages, they speak to how we love and how we want to be loved and treated. Um, mm-hmm. And the five love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch and intimacy, quality time, gifts, which can be like tangible things or gifts of your time, uh, Resources and acts of service, meaning I'll do the laundry, I'll load the dishwasher, blah, blah, blah. Years ago, it used to be empty the diaper genie. That was the best. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, was it really the best? Deb?
1: Well, it was the best love language when I had three kids under the age of five, and that diaper genie was like getting yeah. filled up quite fast. And yeah, the best thing my be. husband could do was empty the logs out of that thing. So that was like, I love you, honey, really hard. (laughs) Um, But what it comes down to is when we have certain ways or expectations of others and they love us or communicate with us or give to us the way they do, oftentimes it may or may not be the way we want or need to be loved. And so it can create conflict, which causes feelings, which we'll talk about later, of like frustration and sadness and resentment, just name a few of them. So the challenge here is that not everyone needs the same things. So we don't give them the same either. The interesting detail is that we often love others and communicate to others the way we want to be loved and communicated to. Right. For example if you prefer and need affection, right? Like you and I are both huggers, right? Mm -hmm. When you offer your love with affection, this may or may be what your partner, your kids, your friends, or your family need. So with this, the best way to understand how to be loved and to love is to have a conversation when and if you feel like there's a discrepancy that can cause some of these uncomfortable and unwanted feelings and thoughts. Like I know like you want the hugs, right? And if your kids don't give you the hugs, then it means something to you different than what they're trying to communicate because they have a different need. So letting them know I have this need might help you a lot. So when I work with lots of couples and families that, that work, um, it, it, it When we do that kind of work, it's hard to understand often how to best love others and also receive what it is that they need from others to feel loved. So what happens inside, to answer your long, that's long-winded, what happens inside is the different triggered emotions we have when we receive a reaction or a response that does or does not meet our needs, trigger our own reactions, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. Did I confuse you?
1: Did I lose
2: no, you? No, 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 no. <laughs> on, on the contrary, no. You you answered my question and you answered it really well. And you know me; I like the news, the weather, the sports, the entertainment. I love I love the whole answer, all all of it. And when <laughs> you were using, it's just kind of funny and ironic that you were using hugs as an example in terms of like love language and families, because I I talk love language all the time. You and I talk about it. I talk about it. Yeah. At home. And it's just funny because in terms of hugs, like I am such a big hugger. And of course, Dave would hug me all day long. And I I have one child who will hug me when I ask her, you know, if, I, if I'm like, yeah. oh, my, moms. my famous thing is moms love hugs, you know, and they're both just like, oh, come on. And it, one of them will. And the other one I know is just like, it's just not yeah. what she's wired for. And right. for a very, very, very long time, that really bothered me. And we've had- right. no- conversations about it so we've done the thing that you had suggested which is to talk about it and be like right. hey I'm sensing this is not okay with you or it's not it's not that yeah it's not nothing no reflection of the love it's just like some people right are but that but way the and some
1: mis- people aren't but the mistake is because you need those hugs and she doesn't offer them up mm-hmm. we interpret it our own way to mean a different thing than it might be intended Exactly, And so we talk, I talk a lot about this later on. So clarification and having a conversation is such a safe way to go because we're going to mess, you know, we, we misinterpret and mess things up when we don't have those clarifying conversations.
2: Yeah. And 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 I'm actual living proof of exactly what you were saying because we have had multiple right. conversations over the years about like how yeah. how she feels when I expect that from her or how I feel right. when I don't get that from her. And 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 it's not like we we never hug each other. It's just right. if I had my way, I would be hugging people 24 hours a day. So right. you know it's and I you know. though. <laughs> I, I did well not in the past 16 months but I, <laughs> I, I True. True. but in, in any case the the talking about it and really just explaining and expressing is so helpful. So that's that's okay. I'm just validating exactly the advice that you gave as great advice. So, you know, what I what I've learned both over the last 35 years in in my relationship and marriage with Dave and in the last 24 years as mom is that we spend an awful lot of time measuring the things that other people say or do against what we know we would say or would do in the same situation. And I, I really think it's too much time, to be honest. I know I know myself, I have been very guilty in the past of spending too much time thinking about that. And when someone else's reaction looks different than ours, it, like you said, it creates a feeling of disappointment even when there really is nothing to be disappointed about because I think too often, we interpret someone else's individual reaction as somehow less attentive or loving or supportive because it wasn't the narrative that we created right. in our own mind.
1: Right. And,
2: you know, and, and it wasn't what our personal reaction would be. And then that's a really challenging headspace and position to be in Because just because somebody doesn't act or do what we would do in a given situation does not at all mean that what they are saying or doing is any less powerful or loving or meaningful. It's just different. And I think that this right there, the fact that I'm like sitting here circling the word different on my my notes, it's different. And that's the crux of all of it. Because I think we forget that different doesn't always mean better or worse. It's just different. So why the hell do we do this to ourselves? Like, why do we put ourselves through this?
1: <laughs> well, because a lot of this is human nature, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not like somebody does something and then you stop and go, "Um, what did you mean by that? I mean, we can do that, and there are people that might do that. But, you know, so the mistake we all make, as we've said over and over here, is to interpret someone's actions and then try and speculate what they meant by what they just said or did. And sometimes we're accurate with our reasoning. Yeah, (laughs) Sometimes we're not, right? Oh, so-and-so didn't come to the house for the party. Well, ha. And we speculate why she didn't come, when indeed we might not really know the truth, the real reason. Speculating is such a dangerous thing. It is. It is, right? Isn't um, that that saying, assuming means uh, that you make up, yeah sometimes we're accurate with our reasoning and sometimes we're not so what we end up doing which is a lot of work for a lot of people that i I see in therapy is that we create a story about someone else's intentions based on how their actions or words land on us so the difficult part here is that one how one intends to communicate and how it is interpreted is often different so you know how we intend for our messages to be received aren't always how they land and this is the very root to where our emotions and then our reactions develop so I always use the example of texting you know when you I could text you the word hey mm-hmm. that could have a lot of ways it could be heard like hey or mm-hmm. hey hey Right? like, <laughs> right, wish right, people right. could see my expressions right now. But, you know, or when someone gives you a jab in the side by your rib cage and you're like, you know, was that lovingly? Was that angry? You know, why would you do that? And, yeah. and, and we, we create our own interpretation. So one way to avoid the conflict and upset is to, again, spend time clarifying. Um, I do the speaker-listener all the time with people to help. Speak and then reflect back to give the opportunity for clarification. So that's that's important. Um, Communicate how you felt when someone said or did something to you um, is really important. Asking that person what was their intention. That gives you the opportunity for the clarification. You know, oh, I jabbed you in the side because I didn't want you to, you know, head into the kitchen. I wanted you to come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of thinking they jabbed me because they were upset with me, so it's just a chance to clarify so that you don't walk around with the wrong messages and have feelings about something that was not intended to upset you. Yeah. So we have to take a break, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But when we come back, I can't wait to hear and speak more about the subject. I have I have a quote, another
2: quote that I think you're going to like.
0: How do you raise the perfect kid? The answer is you don't, because perfection is a myth. In the book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay with It, by parenting author and columnist Lisa Sugarman and clinical psychotherapist Deborah Gansenberg, you'll get permission to drop some balls without feeling like a bad parent. Through Sugarman's humor and personal stories, and proven tips and advice from Gansenberg's office couch, you'll have an everyday reminder that you're not alone, that all kids test limits. And that your kids will ultimately be okay. Find how to raise perfectly imperfect kids and be okay with it on Amazon, at Barnes and Noble stores, and everywhere books are sold.
2: Hey, friends, welcome back to Life Unfiltered. I'm Lisa Sugarman. I'm here with Deborah Gansenberg. And we're having what I think is a pretty great conversation about how to stop expecting us, ourselves, from other people. I think it's something we do every day in lots of different ways in our relationships, work, um, with our kids. And um, we're, we're talking about how to kind of rein ourselves in and how to avoid doing that. And Deb, you've given some really great tips as, as always. Um, and I know that we, we both have a lot more to share. So I'm gonna just dive right back in. So I was doing some reading just to prepare for, for this morning's show. And I found a really, really, really great quote from of all people who I love for many reasons, Bruce Lee. And the quote is, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine. And I I really think that that puts this entire conversation into perspective when we hear it like that. Or especially like when I read it and I'm looking at it in black and white because it, it means that we really just only need to live up to our own expectations of ourselves and just stop chasing the approval of other people. And I think that that's a really profound truth when you really let it sink in. And I've, I've tried to let it sink in a lot in, in the last day or so since we've been talking about this topic. Um, you know, it's like, I, I feel in some ways, and, and correct me if I'm right or wrong here, I feel in some ways that that quote in a way is like your quote, what you always say, which is when you're saying yes to someone else, you're actually saying no to yourself. Hmm. Yes, yes,
1: in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I also, I, I, I agree with how to connect all of that. I think the other piece is, is, I always say to parents especially, the greatest gift you can give your kids is to let go of the huge expectations you have of them. Yep. Because that does lead, our, you know, often create a lot of our behavior and our reaction to them. Because of our expectations, and yeah, it's, no, that's it's so tough.
2: That's a really good point um, because so much of this subject does actually relate right back to parenting, pretty mm-hmm. pretty profoundly. Um, you know, I remember when I was in college and I was I was going back and forth between majoring in psychology or in English. I had this intro to psychology class that I loved that of talks course. about yeah, <laughs> because I'm minored in psychology. Um, and it talked about gestalt therapy and something oh. called, the, which I know you know everything there is to know about, and something called the Gestalt Prayer by the, the psychotherapist, who I'm sure you know, his name is Fritz Perls. It's a really famous 56-word statement that encourages people to live according to their own needs and what feels right to them. And I, I really think that this is it's just a natural extension of what we're talking about this morning. So I'm going to read it right now. And then maybe you can react to it and explain a little bit about how we can use that maybe as a tool to avoid having unreasonable expectations. So this is, this is the Gestalt prayer that people are supposed to kind of recite to themselves. I do my thing and you do your thing. I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine. You are you and I am I. And if by chance we find each other, it's beautiful. If not, it can't be helped
1: yeah
2: And the beginning part is very similar to what Bruce Lee right said, but this is just you know. Sort of
1: right. Well, I think you know you could read that on any given day and interpret it in a different way each time. Um, but when when I read this um, in preparing for our show, I read it, it I, I read it, it. I read it <laughs> as a message of self-importance, mm-hmm. self-love, self-care, independence and strength yep. um, knowing who you are what you need what you want is most important for you and if you find someone who can meet your your needs your expectations that would be wonderful and beautiful but if not no worries because I've got me I've got myself and I've got I and that is fine mm-hmm. and we are very lucky when we find people who jive with how we jive and um, speak our language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a special gift to be able to, you know, opportunity really to find those humans. But if you don't find them along the way, you've got yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's fu- it's funny that you say that because it just made me think yeah. of something very specific that my mom always has always said my entire life and you you know my mom and we've talked about many different times in many different ways on the show and she is probably one of the most content human beings i've ever met in my entire life and she is also an incredibly social person um she loves she loves to be around people but my mother always says i have always been my own best friend
1: Yes, i love that i love it because since i can remember I, you know it, it unfortunately, I work with so many individuals who actually compromise who they are, yeah, compromise what they need, and they adjust their expectations to actually meet someone else's mm-hmm. and it's a hazard uh, for a lot of people because they are so busy accommodating and acclimating to another by giving up their own interests and needs and you know uh, what makes them tick in order to make their partner happy and satisfied and and this is you know, the problem with this is over time, it is really hard to sustain such accommodations because you've lost what makes you happy. And yeah. it, it, you know, and in my opinion, yes, compromise is necessary, but it also can be the demise of your own happiness and finding that balance in your relationships with anybody friends, family, spouse, significant other. Um, it's really important to find that balance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right, you're a thousand percent right. You know, t- talking about all this makes me think of something that I fall back on an awful lot in my own life. And it's the idea, like what you talked about earlier, I'm going p- taking it back to love language. It's the idea that we all have our own unique love language and they're all so different. But right. so often we get so deeply hurt or sad or angry because someone didn't express their love for us in, in that same way that we would for them. You know, and there, there are so many different, like, similarities between those types of relationship expectations and, and what we're talking about. And, you know, as a mom, I know that that also applies, like I just said a second ago, to parenting. <laughs> like, yeah. so much of this applies to parenting, because how often have any of us who are raising our kids been disappointed when our, our, our child didn't play lacrosse like we may have, or our child didn't think of us in the same way that we thought of them, or our child didn't right. to go to the, the school that we went to.
1: You know? Well, you know, I I, I agree with that. I, I, it's so hard because like we've had events in our family where kid, maybe one of my kids is disappointed in me or frustrated with me or doesn't agree with me or doesn't in that moment even like me for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because at the end of the day, I also try and help parents understand just as much as our kids might not meet what we are hoping for our own expectations Mm. we we are the same way for our kids you know we can't meet all their needs we can't meet all their expectations and that is okay it is you're right you're right um And, and that is a message i i think at least once a day uh, yep. when i'm working with parents i share and it's hard even as a parent to uh, me as a parent to to have those moments because you think ugh but you don't want to accommodate, and you don't want to acclimate to things that aren't truly and authentically who you are. Is it That's right?
2: That's right. It's funny. I I think in terms of our our book, how to raise perfectly imperfect kids. Well, I think the the next volume of that book should be. And I think it was your son. I think it was Adam. <laughs> yes. Like a year ago, who was like, you guys have to write the book how to how to be perfectly imperfect. parents Parents
1: and be okay with it i love it
2: so i think all right we need to call our publisher and pitch another book idea
1: I, i love it because you know at the end of the day that is it and how we tie all of what we're talking about into this pretty little package is really understanding that whether we're parents uh significant others friends daughters sons, whoever we are, we have, you know, we have to live our best life for ourselves and, and nobody else. Cause no one else is going to do that for us, but our, ourselves.
2: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know, in, in, in the wake of, of all of what we just talked about, um, it, it just, it causes us to question our relationship with, you know, our kids, um, and feel devalued or jump to the wrong conclusion about how somebody really feels. So the the issue of expecting somebody to behave just like we would, um, it it extends to so many different areas of our life. Um, And every area of our life, every relationship that we have.
1: Right, Like when you go off, like there are so many kids I'm working with that are going off to college and gonna have that roommate, I mean, Mm -hmm that is probably one of the biggest entry entry level experiences into what we're talking about. You are living with somebody who potentially lives so differently than you do. And you can either bump it all the way and, you know, knock heads or choose to respect difference and, or, Acclimate, but not to the point where you're accommodating to a point where then you become resentful. Or you're sacrificing
2: yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, You know, before we wrap up, I know we still have a little bit more time. What are some other actionable ways that people can can kind of step away from the radio this morning and from our conversation and go back to their day to day and and have tools to help them stop. expecting other people to behave the way they would in their own relationships or with their kids or at work because it's it's a really toxic mindset that most of us fall yeah. into from time to time. But it's also one I think that we can learn to avoid. I mean, I know that I've learned to avoid certain situations. I know mm-hmm. the triggers and the cues and all that. So what are some simple things that that you can suggest that I know that you've suggested to clients mm-hmm. that, that people can do to help ensure that we don't fall into that trap that's so easy to fall into?
1: Well. You know, I think that there are a couple of bottom lines here. Um, we all operate to the best of our ability each day, right? And, mm-hmm. and so we don't wake up thinking, how can I make your day miserable and your day miserable? <laughs> I, you know, I think we have to remember that about each other. Um, and if someone's actions or words or lack thereof is impacting you in a way that is upsetting, uncomfortable or negative, I think you need to take a moment to just pause and honor how you're feeling right because it's okay to feel things like resentment and anger and jealousy all of these things um, because they are part of who we are and because something or someone did something and triggered that in you it's okay to feel those things so honor them Mm -hmm. if possible and if the individual is available to chat, lean into the conversation where you can teach the person how you're feeling in response to their actions and see if there's any misunderstanding or need for clarification to help resolve any negative feelings or interpretations. But sometimes this will work and sometimes it won't because, you know, the other person might not be interested or available or even capable. So. You know, if if you can predict that a certain person cannot offer up a productive conversation, then you might just need to honor how you feel and assure that part of you that it is is hurt, and that we can send all the negativity and hurt back to the sender where it came from because it's not ours to own. Right. And that's another great saying: send it back to love the back, back to the sender. Yeah. And when there is stuff that isn't so great that you might have contributed, take a moment to own it and offer up any explanation or apology that you know you might need, um, because no one is perfect.
2: I absolutely love all of that, and I think that that's so useful and yeah. so important, um, and a great ending point for today. Um, thank you for that I appreciate it I I have a feeling everybody listening appreciates that Um, so we're done we're done for today but to reach out to us with a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show just connect with us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Life
1: Unfiltered on North Shore 104.9 FM and we are loving some of the emails we're getting please send us your thoughts ideas feedback topics all of it Um, and email us at either foxgansenberg at yahoo.com or Lisa Sugarman at hotmail.com or you can find us on iTunes by searching life unfiltered and don't forget to subscribe and for all of you listening out there trying to figure it out navigate your way remember to be gentle to yourself
2: and just remember that we're all a work in progress and it's all about the climb see you next week
0: thank you for listening to life unfiltered with your hosts deborah gansenberg and lisa sugarman authors of how to raise perfectly imperfect kids and be okay with it find the book on amazon.com or at bookstores everywhere